Hello there, I'm Kyosteron and Beatmaker. And on this episode of The Monday Mindset, we're going to be talking about love as a learned phenomenon. We are all functioning at a small fraction of our capacity to live fully in its total meaning of love, caring, creating, and adventuring. Consequently, the actualizing of our potential can become the most exciting adventure of our lifetime. Herbert Otto If a man is raised as an animal, he will behave as an animal. For man learns to be human, just as man learns to be a human being. So he learns to feel as a human being, to love as a human being. Dr. Leo What is taught is learned, and what is learned is taught. We are the only animal on this planet that must be taught how to be human. We are not born with innate instincts on being human. Rather, we are at the mercy of our human educators. They are our introduction into the world of human beings. They are our initiation into the art of being human. Providing we are fortunate enough to have someone who will teach us how to be human, how to feel and love. Being human is a learned phenomenon, one that for hundreds of thousands of years, depending on who you talk to, (laughs) has required continued education units in the art of living, a constant cycle of advancement and degradation throughout the eras we continue to live through. And with each advancement and degradation experienced, humans must continually be taught how to feel, how to love, and how to be human in accordance with the culture and social upbringings and responsibilities of that era. Without the continual education units in the art of living, no matter what era you find yourself, humans will devolve into their primal and survival instincts. We have all heard of the many stories of wild children who survived and grew up in the wild. No form of communication or self-awareness. Only the animal instinct to survive. We often forget that we are animals ourselves. If we lose our ability to teach ourselves the art of being human, we lose the knowledge of being alive. Love is learned. Love is a learned response. A learned emotion. Most of us continue to behave as if love is not learned but lies dormant, and each human being simply awaits some mythical age of awareness to emerge in full bloom. Many wait for this age forever. Dr. Leo. Society and entertainment has convinced us that love, no matter how buried away, can always be found within an individual. Save that for the fairy tales and the romantic dramas. In the essential reality, love is a lesson learned, a product that may or may not be produced within the environment of our upbringing, a product that is produced through lessons of nurture and communication, to name a few. Yet even those lessons may often be hollow, exaggerated, or misinformed, And this enables the behavior and thoughts of the mythical love theory within us. This is the cause of so much unnecessary heartache and pain. So many cling onto the mythical love theory, forever hoping and waiting in vain. For we are all victims or perpetrators of the mythical love theory. The choice is whether to live the lesson learned or forever hope waiting in vain. We seem to refuse to face the obvious fact that most of us spend our lives trying to find love, trying to live in it, and dying without ever truly discovering it. Dr. Leo. Individuals will refuse to face this fact, for they may be pursuing the mythical love theory, and refuse to acknowledge or refuse the essential reality 
that love is learned and not found. They spend their time denying themselves true love because they are defining love on preconceived expectations and desires that are self-serving and indulging upon the significant other. The only way individuals choose to perceive the mythical love theory is through becoming a product of their environment. This theory can be perpetuated through entertainment, social and cultural environments that reinforce the mythical love theory as a part of life. Those who absorb this reinforcement become susceptible and inflict unnecessary heartache and pain upon others and themselves. As they continue this cycle of self-harm and sabotage, constantly ridiculing the failures of their relationships on past significant others. Excuse me. Unaware that oftentimes they are their own source of pain and heartache throughout their failed relationships. This lack of awareness prevents any individual from discovering true love. They will spend their days searching for and suffering through relationships in the hopes of manifesting the mythical love theory. The mythical love theory never takes into consideration the emotions of other individuals. Its primary destination is a love that is experienced in the expectations of self-serving individuals. The goal of those who prescribe to the mythical love theory will manipulate their significant other to feel and provide their emotional desires and expectations. Regardless of the harm and damage it may cause and inflict upon the significant other. That is why we all have known, met, experienced, and read about individuals and watched who throughout their life struggle with finding true love because they are consumed with the mythical love theory, consumed with finding someone who will fall in love with their ego. Those individuals are never happy in love, and they never will. For what they are searching for is unattainable because it does not exist in the essential reality. There are those who will dismiss love as naive and romantic construct of our culture. Others will wax poetic and tell you that love is all. Love is a bird call and the glint in a young girl's eye on a summer night. Some will be dogmatic and tell you empathetically that God is love. Dr. Leo. (laughs) You know, society, it likes to control how we fall in love. And, you know, you think about it, we, we definitely do. You know, whether it's our TV shows, our movies, you know, our... Relationship gurus, you know, our culture, the way the society is, you know, a good example is, you know, look at the 1950s, you know, get married, have kids, you know, there was this structure of how society wanted us to fall in love and be in love. And I think that has... It's done a lot of harm because, you know, when we allow society to control how we love, you know, it, it dictates, you know, dictates the terms and agreements. And, you know, I feel that a lot of these terms and agreements, you know, do more harm than good. And they cause, you know, what I like to, what I like to call unnecessary stress, um, and you know you look at look at the the expectations in in you know the marriage shows and and all those kind of things where you know these extravagant weddings or you know bridezillas you know all those kind of shows about you know falling in love and you know walking down the aisle and all that fun jazz and you know whether you're 
you know, a woman watching it, whether you're a man watching it with your woman, whatever. It doesn't matter the relationship status or type. Um, what matters is the implications of those kind of shows and what it does to society. Um, you know, you look at even the way social media is. You know, they look at the way, you know, our influencers, our celebrities, they will tell people how to fall in love. Um, you know, look at our movies, you know, creating these fantasies, these worlds, you know, or, you know, even just the way, our, even the government, it's kind of crazy to say that, but, you know, think of the way the government gets involved when it comes to love. Um, and, and what I mean by all of this is just like, we allow the world around us to kind of determine how we fall in love, how we look for love. And, and society isn't always the answer to turn to, especially when it comes to something so personal as love and something that's such, that's very individual. You know, we all love differently. We all experience love differently. Um, and society doesn't really, you know, teach us that or even allow that kind of um, thoughts and ideas. Um, love is so constructed in their minds. There's, you know, bing, bang, boom. And if we don't take time to learn love for ourselves, like I said, how we as individuals love, we're, we're not really experiencing love, especially with those you know, naive and romantic constructs. Um, and think about how many we've all, you know, let's be honest, we've all heard someone tell us love is all or love is the bird call, you know, <laughs> on a young girl's eyes on a summer night. I mean, as anyone has ever said that to you, I don't know what time era or timeline you're in, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've all heard, you know, God is love. Even with, you know, relationships, you know, as long as you love God, it would all work out. What does that mean? <laughs> um, who, who am I supposed to be in love with? Who's, you know, um, so I, those are things that we need to think about, especially when we don't take time to learn love for ourselves. You know, if you want to look at those naive and romantic constructs, okay, well then take one of those constructs and learn about it. Why do you believe in that construct? Why do you, how do you apply it to your life? Um, and you might learn something about love, especially in regards to yourself, or you might realize that the, the, you know, the people you're hanging out with, your, your family, you know, whatever you're, you're listening to online or watching on YouTube or Twitter, when it comes to love, maybe there's more to it. Um, it's not black and white. It's, it's definitely not gray. It's an, you know, it's, it's a plethora of so many different colors and feelings. And for us to just, you know, put love in these romantic constructs, we're limiting what love really is. And, you know, we we're taught that love is a construct, that it's compact and that it's easily explainable. And that's, what's, you know, interesting about these, these, um, you know, romantic construct sayings that people have told us, these cliche sayings about love. And, you know, when we're taught that love is just compact and easily explainable like that, and we convince ourselves of that, we're, we're doing so much irreparable harm to our, our ability to love, not only our significant others, but ourselves. You know, it, we don't think about how we don't think about, and we're not taught about the long-term effects, about some of the, the life lessons that we take in. And, and even when those, even when we choose to live life the hard, the hard way, rather than um, living life as a lesson learned, we, we stick with those. They, they stay with us. And, you know, we've all tried to fight the current. You know, we've all tried to, to push the wall back. It doesn't always pan out. Um, and listen, you know, like, 
let's let's be perfect let's bring up a perfect example of how you know what the the consequences of you know being taught the these romantic constructs especially when it comes from a relationship guru you know i think it's perfect to bring up um our boy darren jackson <laughs> um I knew a little bit about this individual, um, but then when the whole scandal of his, you know, blew up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was taking a sip from my juice and my straw, and <laughs> it's a big ass straw. <laughs> Anyways, um, he was, you know, if you haven't, if you don't know who he is, um, I'll give you a little introduction. Derek um, Jackson was this a relationship guru. You know, he would tell women, you know, not to settle for less. You know, you don't need, you know, half-assed men. You don't need lazy men. You know, if, if your man, you know, cheats on you or even talks to another girl or anything, don't take him back. He he ain't shit. <laughs> Apologize to my language. <laughs> um, you know, all that kind of, you know, BS and nonsense. And uh, recently it was exposed that he himself was cheating on his wife. Um, and that didn't go over too well um, with his community and... <laughs> Um, everyone who knew that he probably was, you know, bullshitting. I apologize the language, but let's be honest. <laughs> and um, I bring him up because, you know, a lot of the things that he was saying, I've seen some of the videos, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, and, you know, hearing stories of women who listen to him and, you know, you think about, think about, all the women who have listened to this guy and who have, you know, broke up with, you know, decent men, um, you know, good men because, you know, they didn't make enough money or, you know, whatever these crazy things that he would say, these, um, you know, very negative things. And so many women, you know, listened to him and ended relationships and things like that and or divorces, Um and, you know, imagine, you know, how many divorces have been, you know, ended that probably didn't even need to have. That could have been worked out in a more healthy manner. But, you know, the significant other chose to listen to this man and was convinced by him. And then you find out that this individual has been cheating on his wife and, in fact, would be posting those, you know, car videos of his in front of the house of the woman that he was sleeping with. <laughs> And you hear all that kind of stuff and you have to ask yourself, like, are we allowing other people to dictate what love is for us? You know, and, and that's what's so crazy about this whole situation with this Derek Jackson individual is that where, you know, there are so many people like him out there. So many of these, you know, relationship gurus who turn out to be worse than the guys that they're telling women to leave. So what does that mean? Why why are we consumed with allowing other people to dictate the terms and agreements of what we are looking for in love and who we want to be in love with? They can't even they can't even practice what they preach and then drag their significant other into their mess. And if you've been keeping up with it, they've been dragging this woman and ridiculing her for her outfit, for just being who she is, for being with him. And that's totally unfair. And think of all the people, all the, the men and women who have suffered at the expense of this man profiting off of his lies and deceit, ruining relationships, you know, filling women in filling women's head with these these the 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 mythical love theory a toxic version 
I mean, it's toxic no matter what you say, but what they were prescribing to, it it breaks hearts even more so. We cling on to so many of these relationship influencers like like leeches. We we crave and salivate their advice, no matter the expense and the cost of our wallets and our emotional well-being. And we really need to take a serious look at why do we allow people like that into our personal lives? Now, you know, I'm all for people, you know, if you can afford it, you know, get to find some therapy, you know, get to to go see a therapist or in terms of working on yourself and learning about yourself and what love means to you as a person, you know, working with someone personal on that type of level in regards to love is a more healthy aspect than, you know, searching out relationship gurus. And, and I'm sure there are some out there who are great at what they do. And I'm not trying to, to, you know, hate on those type of individuals who have a more personal experience and, you know, I don't know that much about it, but what I do know, and I'll be honest, I don't know that much, but what I do know is that when you need to work on things like that, especially if you're in a relationship, a dude on YouTube is not the man to speak to or to look at for advice. You need to actually seek out real help. And if you can't afford it, then, you know, I would... Reach out to family. Read some books. You need to do personal research. Don't even reach out to family. Read some books. Look into different books on love. You know, older books. You know, a, a great book is um, Love by, by Dr. Leo. So look that one up. You know, you need to look for things that are more personal, that allow you to really, you know, dive, do it, as I like to put it, dive deep into yourself and learn really what love is for you. You know, because in some cases, you will find that people have never thought of questioning love, much less defining it, and object violently even to the suggestion that they think about it. To them, love is not to be pondered. It is simply to be experienced. Dr. Leo. Experience, expected, When it comes to the mythical love theory, what is the difference? We put so many expectations on love without taking time to ponder what love is. Oftentimes, we are driven by our ego when it comes to love. In the mythical love theory, there is no defining. There is just the experience. Better yet, the expectation. The question I ask you is, at what cost are you willing to experience love? At what cost are you willing to expect love? It is shocking how much some of us are willing to sacrifice and put up with in hopes of attaining the mythical love theory. I feel that those who refuse to question love are denying themselves the chance to experience true love. They have already taken a sip or ingested the entire substance of the mythical love theory. There is no other option, for they themselves have given wholeheartedly into the mythical love theory while embracing their false self. You know, when it comes to questioning love, you know, you have to, you know, questioning love, how will you, you know, when when it comes to questioning love, you have to question how you wish to be loved how you wish others to to love you and how you wish to love others. Because, you know, if we don't take time to really think about it, what are we, you know, if we spend so much time on what we're going to order for, you know, lunch or, you know, which photo we're going to post on our Instagram, if we can spend, you know, an obscene amount of time, you you know, pondering those difficult questions, how can we not ponder love? And it's, it's our priorities. We, we want love, but we don't even put in a priority to learn and understand what love is. We just expect it. We, experience, we just ex- expect to experience true love. 
But that's not how it works. And if we don't bother to question how we want others to love us, then how do we see the value in ourselves? How are we supposed to grow? How are we supposed to fulfill our personhood, our self-actualization, if we don't even know how we want to be loved? If we only expect to be loved from you know, the, the, the romance novels and films and novellas, if that's what we if we want love to be, we are going to be sorely disappointed and miserable. <laughs> We've all met those people, and some of you might be listening to this right now. And, you know, I hope that through this, you might be able to find a way out of that mentality. You know, I don't want anyone, and I don't think anyone wants to be experienced and stuck with miserable love and being constantly disappointed, but... You know, at one point we have to acknowledge, well, if, you know, if the people, the the people who we're blaming for our problems, if they're finding happiness in relationships, what's wrong with us? What are we doing wrong? We need to start asking that question. Some of us don't want to ask that question because that question means doing a deep dive on yourself. And the worst part about it is holding yourself accountable. And let's be honest, there's a lot of people in this world that don't like holding themselves accountable. And that is especially true when it comes to relationships. And it's unfortunate, you know, because when you choose to love through your ego, you're only choosing to hurt rather than to heal. You know, how many people have been with or experienced narcissistic, you know, relationships, people who are very narcissistic? It's, it's, a, it's a very unhealthy and toxic experience. I would know from personal experience. You know, I was personally involved with a with a woman who was very, very narcissistic. Um it, it, it was scary to the the she would, you know, narcissistic people have a way of making you feel like you're always the problem. You're never good enough. You're you're the reason they're behaving the way they are. Um they're, you're the reason that they are punishing you. Um, it, it's a, it's unfortunate, and you know, I don't want anyone to be in a relationship like that. And you know, let's be honest, you can't change narcissistic people. You can't. Um, I, I tried. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. Um, and so you have to. You have to learn how to, you know, be a better judge at character. Um, because, you know, the reality is sometimes it's not even always being a better judge of character. It's knowing when to let go or, you know, seeing the signs, the red flags, <laughs> you know, call what you will. But sometimes, you know, what's unfortunate and scary about narcissistic people is and people who are consumed by the mythical love theories, they will you know, trick you and convince you that, you know, you're not going to get any better or I'm the best you'll ever have or you're not, you're never, you were never that good. Um, and if that's the case, why are you sticking around? Why are you dragging me around? That's part of their thing. Um, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> and those are people who like to live through their ego, you know, and it doesn't have to be narcissistic people. It can be someone who's really selfish or, Someone who's very one-sided in relationships. Maybe that's all narcissistic. <laughs> um, but we have to acknowledge the fact that even for ourselves, if we approach you know, a potential person or, or if we're in a relationship and we approach a situation with ego or the, we, approach, we you know, embrace love with an, with an egocentric mind, it's, it's going to do so much harm and you know, you don't you don't often recover from that kind of personality or experience. Um, and if you do, you know, you're gonna have moments where you we've all had it where you're just like, damn, man, I, I really fucked up. <laughs> um, the guilt. Um, but I don't think, you know, when it comes to narcissistic people, I don't think guilt um, exists. But I think for everyone else, you know, even when we choose to love through our ego, you know, we will experience moments of guilt and, and sometimes that guilt will, you know, come back and bite you in the ass. <laughs>
Um, so we have to think about those kind of things. You know, I'm feeling loose with all this <laughs> light heart swearing I've been tossing around today. <laughs> um, you know, because I, I, I don't understand why we put so many expectations on love. Um, and especially when, it, when we are loving through our ego, why do we put so much pressure on love? And I think for all of us, it, it's a different reason. But I think, you know, a lot of it can stem from our own insecurities. Um, and there's no shame in admitting that. Um, we, we have to, you know, especially when it comes to love, we have to admit our insecurities and, and our faults. But, we, you know, we can't allow people to exploit it or, or use it against us. We have to use it as a form of discipline and... You know, and, and telling people, yeah, you know, I, I messed up, but I'm, I've held myself accountable. Um, and, you know, not everyone will respect that. Not everyone will see it. Some people might mistrust you or find it weird. But, you know, I think there's, you know, I can respect someone and I can take pride in wanting to engage and potentially be in a relationship with someone who held himself accountable for the past mistakes that they have made in relationships and are clear and open to the communication about it. You know, not, not a lot of people are open about that. And especially when it comes to expectations, you know, a lot of them are preconceived. A lot of them are fairy tales. A lot of them are just a mythical love theory. And when you go into a relationship with expectations, you know, six months in, a year in, you know, you're, it's going to make it hard. And, and what I mean by expectations, I mean, you know, you know, making sure they're always texting you or whatever it can be, <laughs> you know, whatever it can be. You know, I, I remember I was in a, um, in a relationship with a woman who, who got mad at me because I didn't say I love you enough to her. Um, and I feel like that's such a, you know, a, a harmful expectation in love. You know, in my mind, I, I was, one, I was baffled because I'm like, what? <laughs> You're mad at me because I'm not saying I, I, I love you enough? <laughs> um, and it's a, for me, you know, I look at a situation, I looked at that situation that I was experiencing and I, my reason, my, you know, the reason why I was kind of, I defended myself um, and stood up for myself is I told her, I was like, listen, like, when you're getting mad at me for not saying it enough, but if I, if I say it too much, it loses its meaning. It loses that, that genuine feeling, that purpose of it, and, and that's my feelings on it. And we've all been in situations. And you, if you're saying it too much, you, that person might fall out of love with you. <laughs> um, and you know, she didn't take my reasoning very well. <laughs> um, they never do when it comes to narcissist <laughs> so but I you know I bring that up because that's a a, a a crazy expectation in a very in a relationship that's already been going on for a couple of years um and you know it's just we we need to understand that we we need to we need to understand love for ourselves because if we don't take time to really learn love then you know, each man will live love in his limited fashion and does not seem to relate the resulting confusion and loneliness to his lack of knowledge about love, Dr. Leo. You know, the cause of, of such, you know, confusion and loneliness can be traced back to the, the mythical love theory and the environments we grow up in. You know, if we are raised and taught to believe in the mythical love theory via our culture and social upbringing and choose to become our environment and, and, and the society, then we are choosing to live love with confusion and loneliness. A void in, a, in our hearts that can never be filled and often left with illusions of love found yet always lost. This results in the individual becoming resentful of true love and falling deeper and deeper into their ego. 
and the mythical love theory. They convince themselves that what they are experiencing is caused by and the results of their past significant others. They claim they never gave them the love that was supposed to be experienced. These claims embolden their ego and further drive them deeper into the mythical love theory, refusing any knowledge or questions in regards to true love. You know, and as I was saying earlier, you know, when we allow ego to dictate love, we're choosing loneliness. We're, we're choosing confusion. We're, we're choosing to, you know, as I was saying, you know, blame other people for our, for the failures in our relationships, for the mistakes. Um, it, it makes me, reminds me of Jared Jackson because in his apology video to the world and admitting that he, you know, cheated, he said that, <laughs> this is, this is hilarious to me. He said that the moment, um, he made God, his life, his life went to hell. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, hilarious and crazy because his wife is a devout, devout Catholic, I believe. Very, very devout. And, you know, it's just crazy that this man will use religion, especially his his wife's religion, because it's obvious he does not believe it, um, to excuse and, you know, his, his behavior as if, you know, believing in God and making God your life, you know, made you run into another woman's arms. That makes no sense. Let's be real here. That's, that's, you're talking out your ass at that point, And I can smell it from here. <laughs> and, you know, you think about people like that, you know, they're, they're, he was more concerned with his brand than he was with the, 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 the potential fallout of his relationship and the damage that it has done to his wife's personal life and her well-being, you know, and, and that's something that we don't think about when it comes to love, you know, it's obvious that man is a very lonely person to behave like that. And people who, who live their, who live love and their relationships based on their ego, they're very lonely people. They're never happy. They're miserable and they don't have to be narcissists. You know, they can be any kind of person. And, when you are living your love by the ego and the mythical love theory, you're always sad. You're always yearning for love, but you're never going to find it. Or as I said before, it's you have this illusion of love that's found, yet it's always lost because it's not real. It's not true. And it's oftentimes it's based on these, you know, preconceived expectations or, you know, what we've read in in those, you know, magazines or what, you know, our influencers say, you know, or what the movies and the films, you know, movies and TV shows and the dramas, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's on, it's wild. You know, I don't, I don't watch any of those crazy love shows on Netflix or HBO or Hulu because where we are romanticizing and 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 fantasizing and fictionalizing something that's so deep and personal to the point where, you know, we have just crazy shows about it, um, and and these some of these shows al allow and and um, promote and enable, you know, toxic behavior, toxic relationships. They romanticize toxic relationships, um, and it's it's scary. Um, and when we refuse to like question love, you know, we are denying ourselves a chance to learn what it what love really means. But we're so consumed with romanticizing, you know, these the mythical love theory, these toxic relationships. Um, you know, I know, you know, I remember seeing an article with an actor on a show called Euphoria, and um he was kind of like really turned off and really disturbed by people who were like, you know, romanticizing and fantasizing over his character. And he's like, this dude is emotionally abusing his ex and he's blackmailing her. Like, how can you be attracted to men like that? 
and and that's you know that's a good point you know and even for men you know we we have these crazy preconceived notions of how women are supposed to behave and act and it goes vice versa that's what i'm trying to say um and when we refuse to question even you know the way love is promoted and in these films and shows if we don't question it we're What's the point? I mean, isn't that half the half the point of most of those love shows is questioning love? But but in the end, they're telling you how to fall in love, and they're dictating the terms and agreements. Um, and you know that's the problem with these shows in this world that you know that's the construct. You know these people making love into these constructs, and when you refuse to question love, you're just putting it into a box in a construct that's already easily explainable. So you're like, why do I need to question it? Why do I need to wonder? Love is this. It's supposed to be the glint in the eyes, the butterflies in my stomach, you know, all that nonsense. And don't get me wrong. There's some, you know, there's some reality to it. We've all experienced butterflies in our stomach and those types of feelings. But we have to also remember that those feelings are learned. They're learned when you grow with someone, when you experience and build a relationship with someone. It doesn't happen instantly. Maybe it does. And, and for those people, I'm happy for you. One in a mill. You did it. <laughs> um, but that's the problem also with the mythical love theory is that it, it convinces you that the confusion and loneliness is not your fault. And half the time, most of the time, it is. You know, we've all had friends or you know, known people who, you know, or co-workers, we'll hear them talk about their love life and, you know, you're listening to them and you're like, man, you don't seem like a nice person to be with. Like, maybe you seem nice at work and you do your job, but you don't seem like a good person to be in a relationship with. And, you know, those people, you, you might tell them, hey, you know, maybe ever thought that maybe it's the way you're acting or this and that. And then, boom, that ego is quick. <clears throat> well, excuse me. Are you talk? Are you not even listening to what I'm saying? Me? Are you kidding me? After everything I've done, you know what I put my heart into. I did this. I did that. You know, and they try to they try to flip it around, but it's they don't want to acknowledge that, and it's un it's unfortunate because you know you're just given the idea that love just happens, and usually at first sight, you don't have to work at love. Love requires no teacher. You just fall into love. If you follow the right rules and play the game correctly, Dr. Leo. And, you know, and and as I was saying before, and I said, how, how often do our films and TV shows convey this idea? They convey this structure and this naivety of love in the in the films and their their first, second, and third acts. And we are just, we consume it, we eat it up. And we want our relationships, we want our sex to be like the shows and the films and all this craziness. And, and you know, not everyone is good at having sex, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hilarious how, you know, you watch all those love shows and, and the sex scenes. It's like everyone knows how to have really good, passionate, intimate sex. And I'm like, hey, you know, let's have some of the awkward sex. You know, let's have some of the sex where, you know, you know, you're going at it and, you know, they accidentally fart. <laughs> you know, where's that stuff? Where's the, the, the real sex? <laughs> you know, you're going to have to go to HBO for that one back in the day. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm trying to say is, I'm, you know, getting off on some nonsense there. But, <laughs> you know, this whole mythical love theory it's really ingrained especially in in western culture <laughs> you know look at all the the western shows um whether it's in the uk you know in america you know whether it's you know bridgerton or the great or you know i don't know there's you know all sorts of crazy isn't there like a like a a dominatrix show on Netflix or something. I don't know. I brought up Bridgerton because I know that's the most, that was like the most popular romantic show and with all these spicy sex scenes and all this. And I'm like, bro, are we not even considering the fact that those people stank and were riddled with STDs? <laughs> but we're romanticizing that? 
Someone help me here. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. But regardless, it's like, you know, you know, why is it that, you know, love must be treated as a game, as this cat and mouse, as this, you know, crazy manipulative strategy of, you know, how do I get them to love me? How do I get them to want me? And it's, you know, how do I, you know, how do I get them to appreciate me? How do I get them to value me? How do I get them to support me? I think that's more realistic. But, you know, we don't really appreciate that. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, that you'll have, you know, whether it's guys or girls who will be put in the friend zone because they're too nice um, or they, you know, they're a little too, you know, all that kind of nonsense. And, hey, I'll be honest, I've been in the friend zone. I don't, I'm not, I don't do that game no more. <laughs> I grew out of that, <laughs> but you know, even you know, and that's also another thing that stinks with TV shows. It always makes the 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 guy in the friend zone, the nice guy, as the the you know the the he's always the loser. He always loses out, you know, or you know he always wins in the end. But she's got to go through the the bad boys or whatnot. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm talking out my ass at this point when it comes to love shows and movies. The only one I really like is Fifty First Dates, <laughs> and even that one could probably be, be you know, called a little crazy. <laughs> but it's such a funny film. Oh God, that's such a funny film. But you know, I I just think that we need to, we need to stop approaching love as a game, as a as a movie. We need to start, we need to stop LARPing love. We need to stop doing this live action role playing when it comes to love because it's not it's not doing us any favors um it's causing heartbreaks and tragedies and relationships and you know babies <laughs> um so I, I really feel that we need to understand that and think about that but you know the problem with people the not really let's say people but the problem with individuals who you know, who love through their ego, who love self-serving, you know, they they equate love with sex, attraction, need, security, romance, attention, and a thousand similar things. Certainly, love is all these things, yet no one of these things. Someone once said, I wish you could love me more and need me less. Dr. Leo. How many of us have fallen victim to this unfortunate quote? It often seems to be the case that we will use all these all these examples made by Dr. Leo as a required experience in love rather than a learned experience between one another. For them, love is a necessity, not an expression, a necessity that is self-serving and indulging upon the significant other, this necessity requires the significant other to sacrifice a part of themselves at the desire and request of the needs of the other. It becomes more and more apparent that this is not about expression, but rather control of love. That is the mythical love theory's secret. How do I make my or potential significant other fall in love with needing me in their life? This self-serving necessity has been the culprit of so much pain and heartache. We have all been the victim or the perpetrator. Yet self-actualized individuals live life as a lesson learned and now understand how to avoid or root out such individuals who dare to inflict such wounds upon us. That is why we must educate and question ourselves on the meaning of love. We must discover our personhood in order to ask the right questions about love. For love is fundamental in our achievements and self-actualization. For love goes beyond your significant other. Love shapes your personal universe. Love shapes the life lessons learned in the art of living. It's never too late to learn anything for which you have potential. If you want to learn love, you must start the process of finding out what it is. What qualities make up a loving person and how these are developed? Each person has a potential for love, but potential is never realized without work. 
This does not mean pain. Love, especially, is to learn the best in wonder, in joy, in peace, and living. When discussing love, it will be well to consider the following premises. One cannot give what he does not possess. To give love, you must possess love. One cannot teach what he does not understand. To teach love, you must comprehend love. One cannot know what he does not study. To study love, you must live in love. One cannot comprehend what he does not recognize. To recognize love, you must be receptive to love. One cannot have doubt about which he wishes to trust. To trust love, you must be convinced of love. One cannot admit what he does not yield. To love, you must be vulnerable to love. One cannot live with what he does not dictate to himself. To dictate yourself to love, you must be forever growing in love. Dr. Leo. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Monday Mindset. To learn more about myself and how you can support The Monday Mindset, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. That's Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on social media, on Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S-R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, follow me at Ronin Art underscore music. And if you prefer to email, hit me up at the Monday Mindset 009 at gmail.com. That's the Monday Mindset 009 at gmail.com. And that is all lowercase. If you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review, as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love.